Hi, everyone. My name is Mark Snyder. Welcome to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM WCWP and WCWP.org. Chamber Chatter is a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders and has been underwritten by MapTunes, Long Island Chamber Maps. Chamber Chatter is also available as a podcast by visiting WCWP.org forward slash Chamber Chatter. Let me introduce my two guests. To my left, Stephanie Solomon, co-president of the Manhasset Chamber of Commerce. Stephanie is also the owner of Chocolate Works. To my further left is Femi Aziz, president of the Merrick Chamber of Commerce. Femi is an award-winning photographer and the owner of Serengeti Design Studios in Merrick. So Stephanie and Femi, welcome to Chamber Chatter on WCWP. I'd like to start by having each one of you tell us a little bit about the communities that each of you oversee as Chamber of Commerce, as the president of the Chamber of Commerce. Um, we'll start with the North Shore, Manhasset, just a stone's throw down Northern Boulevard, not from, far from the studios where we're recording this. What's going on in Manhasset these days? So our chamber in Manhasset is really in a resurgence. Um, we are really trying to do a big push towards membership and increasing our membership. We have a lot of businesses there, and I think that this is probably true for most chambers, that haven't really taken the time to be involved in their local chamber and unfortunately don't see the benefit of being a chamber member and don't appreciate the things that a chamber does for them. And whereas I personally feel if you're a business and you are in Manhasset, you should be part of the Chamber of Commerce. It should be a given. I think a lot of people look at it from the viewpoint of what's in it for me. And I think that's unfortunate because I think with increased membership and increased participation, the chamber can only get stronger. You know what I get a lot? I get people saying, I joined the chamber and nothing happened. And I would say to them, well, did you go to the meetings? I don't have time to go to the meetings. Mm -hmm. Oh, so you didn't get involved. No, but I thought if I joined the chamber that it would boost my business. Mm -hmm. And I don't think people quite understand that you need to get a little more involved. You can't just pay your annual dues and expect that the world will you know, beat a path to your door. Um, how's the uh, business climate in Manhasset? Uh, the business climate is okay. We do still have the majority of our stores on Plandom Road um, is mom and pop type of stores. We also do have, obviously, Northern Boulevard, where you have the Americana and more name brand recognizable and some chain stores there. So it's a combination of both. There is still uh, high rents, which cause some um, vacancies in the properties. And once again, I don't think that's unique to Manhasset. I think that's a Long Island phenomenon and probably a countrywide phenomenon that rents are tough and the competition that these businesses are faced with through the internet is really a hard and difficult fight. We're going to talk about that um, in our second segment. Femi, you are the recently anointed new president of the Merrick Chamber of Commerce. Mm -hmm. How are things going in Merrick? Uh, I think things are, it's, it's interesting and I think that the more you hear other um, leaders of other chambers speak. We all kind of um, experience the same situations where businesses want to know what the chamber is doing for them. We have membership issues where membership is going down uh, over the course of the years. And so every challenge of every new president is how are we going to bring membership up? And uh, that's something that I think um, I actually had my first board meeting this morning and uh, that was one of the topics that we did discuss, that it is um, going to be a team effort to not only bring up the membership, reach out to new, mem new businesses that have opened up recently, and not only that, but to keep retain membership. That's the other key. It's like, great, you, get, you, know, you have new businesses open up. It's kind of easy to get them in because that's, you know, that's, that's the thing everybody does. But how do you retain that membership? And that's the big question. I think communication between 
the uh, board and the members itself more personalized, maybe even a phone call, hey, how's it going? Hey, you know, we have a networking meeting coming up, hope you're coming. You know, if we we were thinking of dividing our membership amongst the board, we have about 15 or 16 people on the board, you know, is it hard for everyone to kind of uh, take care of 10 members and uh, make sure that there's some communication? Because I think that's probably lacking as well. And as Stephanie has mentioned, and she's very, very right, is that the more businesses um, join, the stronger it becomes. And I think people don't realize that. Um, it is something I think every business person should do. It's the first thing I did when I opened up my, my studio. Uh, it was the best thing I've ever done on many levels. And so if people are asking, what does the chamber do for you? It really does whatever you want it to do. So if you want it to be on a social level, like you just want to, you know, have a social atmosphere, the chamber can be that for you. If you want it to be on a networking level, a business to business to increase your business, the chamber can do that for you. If you want it to be a learning experience where you learn from the different sort of speakers that we get at the networking events, because we do have a speaker at the general meetings and, and so on and so forth, you can learn like that too. So the chamber can do what you want it to be. But as you said, if you just write a check and say that's pretty much it, then really you're just in the membership directory maybe, uh, maybe you're on their website, but that's pretty much it. Get out there. And it's really hard because even when I opened my, my business, it's not like I was a business owner forever. Um, I started about 10 years ago and um, um, it was a very difficult thing for me. I'm not really a person that comes out there to attend that first networking meeting. I'll still, I still remember it like it's yesterday. It's very difficult to throw yourself out there, but that's what you have to do as a business owner, especially in this type of climate where we are um, battling the online. And so that's why we're always trying to promote the shop local and keep your main street alive. Because let's face it, what attracted you to your town that you live in or the town that you decided to open up your business? It's the downtown. It's the main street. And if it's a dead street, then it's not really attractive for anybody, the residences or the business owners. So we all have to work together, I think, to make um, our downtown and our small businesses a success and the chamber a success. Last month, we had Francesca Carlo on the program. She is the president of the Nassau Council of Chambers of Commerce. What we didn't get a chance to talk about was, do you as presidents have an opportunity to sit down and talk and share ideas on any kind of a regular basis. Are you, um, Stephanie, are you a member of the Nassau Council as well? Yes. I guess because Femi, you're a president. Both Femi and I are actually on the board of the Nassau Council. Mm -hmm. You're on the board as well. Right. So that has really been, I think, invaluable because of exactly that. You're able to share with other presidents of chambers and Really, the issues we're talking about today, as I said, they're not unique to one town. They really encompass any chamber of commerce. There's no chamber that's not struggling with downtown parking issues or vacancy or membership. I mean, these are just common themes throughout any chamber. So having the ability to have this type of meeting at the Nassau Council where you can say, hey, you've done this street fair. How'd you handle this? Or you've done this chowder fest. Who did you use to Mm -hmm. drive a Santa truck down the street. I mean, even basic and detailed items like that, the sharing of ideas is just invaluable. Yeah, I You've agree. been attending the meetings too, right, Femi? Even I'm before you were president. Right? Oh, yes. Before I was president, I was very interested in attending the meetings. And then I was fortunate enough to be asked to be on the board as well. So I've been on the NASA Council Board for about two years now. And um, as Stephanie said, I think um, I completely... Um, enjoy uh, speaking with the other leaders of the other chambers, but also um, I think the first time I attended a Nassau Council meeting was at a president's roundtable where we have every spring, and our president couldn't attend, and then she asked me, would you like to attend? So that was my first meeting. I'm like, yeah, sure, no problem. And Good was, training for you. Yeah, I was hooked ever since. I went to the first meeting, and I kept on going to every single month. We, we have a general uh, monthly meeting I think every Thursday, right? The third Thursday of every month. 
And um, I've been hooked ever since. I think that what we do is is phenomenal. Um, it brings all of the chambers. It encompasses about 40 chambers across Long Island. And so you have all that interaction. And of course, there is networking that, that goes on. Um, you get to meet other people. It's been a, a great experience on the Nassau Council, I have to admit. And we have that annual breakfast where we, we honor um, a small business person of the year from each and every chamber. It's, it's the largest one we have, and it's, uh, it's been um, it's a lot of work, but uh, at the end it's very, very satisfying to see all these people that have gone above and beyond to make their communities great. If I'm not mistaken, you're a recent award winner? My, I, yeah, from Nassau Council. Yes. Yeah, that was actually about six years ago. Six years ago, I received that in 2012. How about you, Stephanie? Have you received an award yet? I did. Last mm-hmm. year, I was the Manhasset yes. Small Business Person of the Year. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank That's you. That's very good. Um, getting back to Merrick, I also wanted to find out how the retail environment is for you. I know Merrick very well. I'm a South Shore boy myself from Massapequa. Oh, okay. So uh, I know you're, uh, yeah, I know you're, you have a nice downtown area just north of the tracks, mm-hmm. but you also have a very vibrant Merrick Road um, shopping district as well. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Um, I think that recently, um, as Stephanie has mentioned, same struggles. There is some vacancy um, going on right now, especially because of the, the increase in rent. Um, you have to feel also for the landlords as well because their their expenses, I'm assuming, is going up as well. So they can't control certain things. Um, but I would say for the most part, it depends. It's seasonal. Right now we do have quite a bit of vacancy, I think, near the, near the station. Um, but if you move up uh, north, there's not, not so many uh, going on. It's interesting because... Sometimes you see this and you're like, hmm, this is a lot of vacancy. But then I go to other towns and check them out, and I'm like, whoa, this is a lot of vacancy. So it's kind of relative, I think. So I think for the most part, I think Merrick is doing pretty well uh, comparatively. Uh, in fact, this Saturday, um, the, the Nassau County, uh, Laura Kern's office, they are actually coming down to Merrick to do a walking tour of Merrick Avenue. And what they're doing is they're trying to mimic the traffic and the street of Merrick Avenue because it happens to be um, something that actually works for for the community in other um, nearby um, towns. What do you mean by that mimic the traffic? So they like the way the fact that um, the Merrick Avenue specifically, the way it works is that there is ample uh, parking, street parking, and at the same time, there is sufficient two-way lanes and a, and a turning lane. And they enjoy the fact that it's, in, it's easy for commuters and for traffic to, to flow, basically. And are you talking about the traffic north of the train station? Correct. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. I never uh, gave that a lot of thought. Yeah, they're doing a revitalization in Baldwin, so... Basically, the Baldwin residence and the Civic Center of Baldwin is invited for this walking tour. And we're going to start at the gazebo, and then we're going to he- head north and see what works, what doesn't work. But they want to try to mimic that for uh, Baldwin's Main Street. Very good. Mm-hmm. What about Manhasset? Do you have any traffic issues there? We do, because um, Plandome Road is really where the traffic issue is the worst, because there's a couple of... Um, streetlights that are not timed. But the issue for Manhasset is Manhasset, unlike a lot of communities, is not an incorporated village. It's not a town. It's just a hamlet. So it's the town of North Hempstead that controls it. Plandome Road, though, is a emergency road. So the county has a say in it as well. So there's a lot of... Um, Red tape we have to go through because the state and the town get involved in certain roads um, that make those type of issues a little bit more difficult for our community. We had Rockville Center and Syosset on last month, and we spent an entire segment talking about parking issues. Both of those towns are really struggling. Um, Rockville Center is a thriving community that is a victim of its own success. Syosset's issue is they don't have enough parking 
So they can't even become successful because they can't get enough people to spend time in their downtown. And Mm. that's downtown is not in very good shape right now. So you almost have two uh, contrasting issues. One town's Mm. doing so well. And um, Stephanie, I know you worked in in, uh, uh, Rockville Center for a while. Um, That town is thriving to a point where you can drive around for half an hour looking for a parking Mm -hmm. spot. Syosset is just the opposite. They don't have any parking, mm. so they can't even build up their downtown. So it's really been a, a tough issue. We had a good long conversation about that. When we come back, we'll delve a little deeper into the vital role of the Chamber of Commerce in 2019 and beyond. You're listening to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM WCWP and WCWP.org. Welcome back to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM, WCWP, and WCWP.org. Chamber Chatter is a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders and has been underwritten by MapTunes, Long Island Chamber Maps. Chamber Chatter is also available as a podcast by visiting WCWP.org forward slash Chamber Chatter. My guest today, Stephanie Solomon, co-president of the Manhasset Chamber of Commerce, and Femi Aziz, president of the Merrick Chamber of Commerce. So I wanted to talk, uh, Stephanie, you are a member of both the Manhasset and Rockville Center Chambers of Commerce, correct? Not anymore. You were (laughs) members of both. Um, Is there a difference between how chambers operate? Absolutely. And I think that has to do with the membership and the community at large. Rockville Center, like I said before, is an incorporated village. So they have a mayor, and the mayor would attend the chamber meetings. If he couldn't attend it, the deputy mayor would be there. Someone from his um, administration was always present to tell you what the town was doing, what the village was doing with respect to some of the issues that were involved in the community. As I stated before, Manhasset doesn't have that type of um, structure. So it does make it a little bit difficult because you have to navigate through the town of North Hempstead elected officials rather than a local individual. So there's definitely a difference there. There's also a difference. uh, The Rockville Center Chamber is a very vibrant community, as you mentioned. Um, Hundreds of members at any of their monthly meetings. There's 80 to 100 people Mm -hmm. attending and participating. It's a lot of good sharing of ideas and all the things that Femi and I have spoken about before. The benefits of the chamber you really saw in Rockville Center. Last month, we had uh, Rockville Center Chamber President Chris Atchison on and Atchison on the program. Um, I was very impressed with him and the amount of initiatives that uh, the chamber has going at any one time. I have worked with many chambers over the years, and some of them are as simple as, okay, people, network, and that was the meeting. And I remember going to a Rockville Center meeting, and Chris got up, and I think spent a half hour or more talking about all these ideas and initiatives and things that were happening in Rockville Center. I was very impressed. So I've seen all different types. Um, Some are better than others. Um, Femi, regarding the Merrick Chamber, uh, did you have any apprehension about taking over as president? I think it was in the makings. Uh, I think uh, several years um, I was taking on more and more responsibilities chairing different committees, because we also have a lot of things going on in Merrick. We have the Halloween parade that we have close to a thousand people that come up and down Merrick Avenue. Then we have a little party at at the gazebo. Uh, We have uh, Santa's visit at the gazebo the first week of December, holiday lighting the next day. And of course, our two biggest um, events of the year, which is the fall festival, which falls around right after Labor Day. And then we have a kids' festival that happens around in April time. So um, obviously, needless to say, it's a lot of work for very few people. 
and I got more and more involved, and it came to a point that uh, I felt that I was ready to take on this role and ready to uh, really focus more on the membership uh, rather than on other uh, PR events that we do, because we do quite a bit. But really, our focus is on the membership this year, what we can do for the members and try to get more interaction, more dialogue with them. I liked your idea about assigning each board member a handful of, uh, of businesses and say, you know what, reach out to them. And next month, report back to me and let me know, do we have any issues? Uh, mm-hmm. What are people saying? And I think that's a great idea. Right. And if you can implement that and you can get the board to participate yeah. with you, that, w- that would be great. Yeah, I'll be stealing that idea. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the, the beauty of it. So we, the more we talk about this and this even this program, um, if more pe- if people were to listen and other, other chambers would listen, this is a great exchange of ideas because I also get a lot of my ideas from other presidents as well. Sure. Yeah. Uh, one of my um, experiences uh, as a traveling salesman who um, works all over Long Island is I come across many businesses um, who either A, don't know what a chamber of commerce is, uh, B, they've heard of a chamber, but they've never been approached. And I understand it's a volunteer. Uh, the chambers are all volunteer um, it's volunteer positions. So it's tough to get out. How do you leave your job to go work, walk the streets? Um, C, I come across a lot of people that joined the chamber, either had a falling out, left and never came back, Somebody on the board or another member upset them 12 years ago and never came back. Um, Or they just drifted away because, like we were saying, they paid their dues and nothing happened. But you know what I get a lot of? I get a lot of people who think the Chamber of Commerce is a bank. And I don't know if it's because of the old Commerce Bank that was around back in the early 2000s for a while – But many times I've gone in uh, doing a project on behalf of the chamber and they'll say, oh, you're with the bank. And I'll say, no, no, the chamber's not a bank. Yeah, yeah, it's a bank. I said, where is it? Uh, I don't know. I've never seen it, but it's it's in town somewhere. So some people think it's a bank. But anyway, um, now I'm going to make a sweeping generalization here. um, But why why wouldn't a business want to be part of of the Chamber of Commerce, the very organization that exists to support them. I mean, what do you hear? You've been president for how long, co-president for how long now? Uh, this is going to be my third year. Third year. Like when you talk to people that aren't in the chamber, what do they tell you? Why, why wouldn't they want to be part of it? And that puzzles me as well. As I stated before, I think that it is just this is an organization whose sole purpose is to support and enhance the business community. For you as a business to not be part of it just boggles my mind. The responses I've gotten when I have questioned, because we did go out and knock on the doors and try and get members, is, as I said before, a little selfish perspective where people said, well, what's in it for me? Instead of how can I add to the chamber, help the business, help the community we live in. Like Femi said before, your businesses help make up your town. You want a vital, vibrant town. It helps your property values. It helps your school values. It helps the pride of the community. So your businesses are really what drive that. And for a business to not be part of that, I feel like they're letting down the community that they chose to put a store in. So it's unfortunate that people look at it from what I think is an incorrect perspective. So that's what we're trying to do is educate them to look at it a little bit differently. One of the things I also hear is – and most chambers are – I don't know if you want to say guilty of this, but most chambers have a set time every month when they meet. And my experience is that if you meet at one time, let's say it's only a dinner from six to eight and a lot of chambers do dinners – You will never, if you have that six to eight slot, never see anybody who's in any after-school program, whether it's a dance studio or gymnastics school or martial arts studio, um, and anybody who's in the food business will never come to those meetings. Um, I remember when I was working with Hicksville, 
They used to do this, and they don't anymore. But they used to do a breakfast one month, a lunch the following month, a dinner the third month, and twice a year, they used to have a Saturday meeting at the library. Mm-hmm. And the president, Lionel Chitty, who is still there, mm-hmm. and again, I believe they've gotten away from it, but for a while they were doing this. He said, you know, Mark, um, I see different people at every meeting, and my breakfast crowd isn't my biggest crowd. And that Saturday meeting I do, it's only 10 people, but it's 10 people that I never see otherwise. Mm. And I think that's a great idea. I've never seen any chamber adopt that. I have seen chambers move their meetings around a little bit. But for a number of years, Hicksville was doing a breakfast, lunch, dinner, Mm. and like I said, two Saturdays. And I mean, that's really the goal of a chamber is to Get out there and meet with your business owners and to serve them. When is your meeting, Femi? So we have our um, normal uh, general meetings uh, at, uh, can I say, I don't know, at Outback? Yeah. That's fine. Sure, I'm sorry. Plug for Outback <laughs> plug for and their Outback delicious, what is that? Uh, <laughs> the Bloomin' the Bloomin Bloomin onion. onion. Sure. <laughs> then you can't eat for the next year, right, if you have that. But Five um, years for me. <laughs> uh, we have a... Um, as I said, the general meeting right there at Outback at 12 o'clock. Same time every month? Uh, yes. Uh, we've changed it to Tuesday. It used to be on Wednesdays. Uh, but that is every single month, the third Tuesday. So do you find mm-hmm. that if you only do a lunch you see the same that people? you'll never see a sole proprietor because they can't leave? You'll never see anybody in the food business. There are, right? Do you follow? There are certain 100%. businesses so, that you'll never get a so chance. Our, oh, our, continue. our networking meetings are in the evening. So you do a general meeting mm-hmm. and then you have a networking, networking meeting, meeting in the evening. Normally, we'll choose. There'll be members that want to host a meeting. Could be a bank. Uh, some people. Uh, there is actually a um, a company that just opened up uh, on uh, Merrick Road, uh, Sip and Say, uh, and they want to have like a wine tasting kind of a networking meeting. So that might be kind of fun. But that's going to be Monday evening. And the reason we chose choose Monday is because a lot of businesses actually are closed on Monday because they open on Sunday. True. So there are many businesses. So that's why Monday evenings are a good time for us to have a different type of crowd than the lunch crowd. What was the name of that business? We'll plug them. Sip and <laughs> sip, Sing? Sip and Say. And Say? Sip and was Say. It like drink and read poetry? <laughs> or, or what it's is just a, It's just a, a hangout? It's just a wine store. Si- oh, it's a wine store. It's a wine store. It's At a liquor first, store. I thought you said sip and sing, and I'm like, sip and say, drink sip and, and say. get Good drunk karaoke. and go sing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we just we just had a ribbon cutting, and actually, that's actually one another like big benefit of joining a chamber is that ribbon cutting. You get you know your local elected officials to meet up with them. You get a um, a nice a little uh, plug in your local newspaper. Uh, that in itself, I think, is. Is well worth it. That's my opinion. I don't know. That's that's what first attracted me when I first opened up. I was like, wow, that's great. A ribbon cutting, nice, uh, you know, nice picture in the paper, little plug. And people do read the local paper. They do. Everybody loves the grand openings. Yeah. Every business, new business wants a grand opening yep. with their elected officials and yeah. chamber representatives. Yeah. Uh, what about Manhasset? When do you uh, hold your meetings? So we hold our meetings in the evening time. We do... Uh, do a few breakfast meetings, but not anything consistent like what you were talking about before. One of our initiatives for 2019 is to kind of switch it up a little bit more for exactly that reason, to allow people who maybe can't get out uh, in the early evenings to attend. What do you think of that idea that Hicksville was doing? Like I said, I think they moved away from it. They had a woman who was like an executive director who was driving that engine and nothing against Lionel Chitty. Lionel, if you're listening, I love you. We all love you, Lionel. We all love him. We all know him. (laughs) That's right. You do all Oh, because he's uh, (laughs) a council council, yeah, Yeah, of course. Um, But there was a woman who was really carrying a lot of the workload and uh, she moved down to the Carolinas. And I think it may have been too much um, at that point. But um, what do you think of that concept of – moving it around breakfast, lunch, dinner. and I think it's interesting to try it out, but it is a lot of work as well. I don't know if he did it monthly or quarterly. I'm not sure. He did it monthly? Yep. Oh, wow. Okay. 
it's you do want to have consistency. Mm -hmm. You do want people to know if I need the chamber, I can find them on this date at this time. Mm -hmm. So when we've done it, it hasn't been with any sort of frequency. It was like we had two breakfasts in the year, a meeting time. Because you do, I do think the consistency is important. So more power to them if they can do it. Yeah. But you also don't want to lose out on the what happened at last meeting. You're now starting from square one with these new people because they don't weren't Continuity. able to attend. Yeah. It's tough. Right. But the problem, getting back to the, the dinner thing that I, that I see is that, mm-hmm. and I left out someone, forget about the after school programs. And mm-hmm. But how about the people who just have to get home mm-hmm. yeah. to their mm-hmm. families? Yep. So... That's the biggest challenge is how do you reach your membership consistently? I know? think that one thing that when we are working on that um, right now, we're, we're really focusing on getting better um, topics and speakers. And even if we have to invest uh, in a speaker, I'm willing to do that. And that's what I um, spoke to the chair, the, our chair of our networking and general meetings that we need to focus on. And there is so many resources in the different um, local universities because we're very fortunate. We have, look, we have CW Post, NYIT, SUNY Old Westbury, Hofstra. All these, all these universities are, have development centers that can help us and bring speakers to us um, discussing about relative information, important information that small business owners would love to know. And um, what better way than to bring up a topic like that? And when you see that on a, on a reminder or a postcard or whatever, hey, yeah, that topic, oh, I'm interested in that. I'm going to attend. And I think maybe that's one way of really um, grabbing the membership and getting, getting more feedback from them. And, and the other main thing is to get feedback from the, the members. What are you looking for? You know, what can we do better? Right. Your point is very valid about speakers. If you have um, – Judy Bosworth speaking at one of your meetings. She is the supervisor of the town of North Hempstead, correct? Correct. Mm -hmm. I would gather that if she spoke at a meeting, you'd have a great turnout. If you have someone coming down to talk about organic gardening, I would think that it would be lightly attended. Yes. Maybe we should get Mark to come to one of our meetings. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you have a crowd. I speak at a lot of meetings. (laughs) One final question before we take a short break. Regarding membership, uh, do you find is it harder to attract the younger business owner, the millennial, um, simply because maybe they don't – I mean, look, the Chamber of Commerce, it's an antiquated term. It goes back to the 1600s. The concept of chamber um, having all your information online and the chamber website being a portal for that, to a lot of younger business owners, that's getting a little bit lost um, are you having any difficulty uh, appealing to the younger business owner to join the chamber and get involved? I think the few younger chamber members we have are so technology savvy, technologically savvy, um, that they appreciate the benefit of being on the website or having a centralized place where they can promote their business through the technology realm of the chamber website or the chamber emails or or whatever that is. So I think that they actually appreciate it maybe more so than some of the more mature business owners. Right. So they look at it. The younger uh, business owner looks at just another um, or more exposure online for them. Right. When we come back, empty storefronts, every town has them. And what can we do about it? You're listening to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM WCWP and WCWP.org. Welcome back to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM WCWP and WCWP.org. Chamber Chatter is a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders and has been underwritten by MapTunes, Long Island Chamber Maps. Chamber Chatter is also available as a podcast by visiting wcwp.org uh, forward slash Chamber Chatter. My guest today, Stephanie Solomon, co-president of the Manhasset Chamber of Commerce, just down the road from the studios here. 
at the LIU Post Campus, and Femi Aziz, president of the wonderful South Shore community of Merrick. So thanks again for joining us today. Nice to have you. One problem uh, very few towns are immune to, uh, we touched on it before, empty storefronts. However, I've uh, been doing a lot of reading up on this, and there's a whole um, paradigm shift that is starting to happen with these empty storefronts. For example, um, there's an eyewear brand called Warby Parker. There's a menswear brand called Bonobos. Both of them, and just to name two of them, both started out as online-only businesses, retailers. And now they have an extensive network of physical locations. And what many online retailers are starting to figure out is that their business can only grow so much without a physical presence. And I think that's going to bode well moving forward as more and more online businesses look to enhance their bottom line. Another example, uh, formerly on only, um, formerly online only businesses like Amazon, Google, Wayfair, they're also moving into brick and mortar. Uh, and these are much bigger names, which is also a good thing, but they're going to take up bigger spaces. And then places like Sears, Bed Bath & Beyond, Mattress Firm, Toys R Us stores, they're all closing, but they're being replaced by tenants that are online proof, if you will. Mm. Um, Dave & Buster's, Planet Fitness, uh, Raymore & Flanagan, the furniture store. But these are, these are big, big operations that are taking up spaces in malls or, you know, on major roads. But a lot of the smaller vacancies are in the downtowns. Um, I'm wondering regarding the Nassau Council of Chambers, is this a conversation you have regularly about how do you go about filling them? I understand it's a bit of a catch-22. The rents are high and businesses maybe aren't making as much money because of the internet so they can't afford the rent and everybody has to give a little bit. But is this something that is discussed regularly or is it just a problem that everyone just sits around and goes, boy, we got a lot of empty stores? We look at it in Manhasset more from the appearance to try and make those stores more attractive to potential businesses. So, for example, the chamber works very closely with the building department for the town of North Hempstead to make sure empty stores are kept clean and neat and paper up or so that the appearance of the store is not unsightly. Um, that would make it just uh, – it's unfortunate that it's empty, but like you said, it's going to happen, at least not make it an eyesore so that it affects the other businesses. And that if somebody is working with some real estate broker to look for a place for their business, they're more inclined to take that open spot because the entire presence of the town has worked to make it look as appealing as possible. Do you find the landlords are flexible with their rents and are they willing to compromise or are they fairly firm? I feel that I've seen both things. I've seen where the landlords have been understanding will give you three months free rent. You got to do a build out to get it up and running, which is obviously very helpful to businesses. I know I had that when I opened my business. The other side of it is I've also seen landlords tell businesses, yeah, you can put a restaurant in here, but it's not zoned for a restaurant. And so therefore a business comes in and now all of a sudden has to go for variances on all sorts of things because it just wasn't zoned for the type of business that they wanted to. Mm. So I do think we're trying in Manhasset to work with the real estate agents to really help educate potential businesses and have that conversation much earlier on than before the business goes to put in a permit and get it denied for some reason. Do you have a number of realtors that are members of the chamber? We do. We so do. You have so we good do have a communication there. line that we can utilize to get help with that. 
Right. Now, Femi, you were saying that you've got that uh, Merrick Avenue pocket north of the train station that's in pretty good shape as far as vacancies go? There are a few vacancies that literally just opened up as as of a couple of days ago. Uh, So those are new. Um, Before that, me, myself, it was interesting. I think about a year ago, I also wanted to move a little bit further south of where I was, and there was nothing available. But now there's a few owners. I, I think that I think it changes, and it and it changes year to year. But as far as focusing on, you had mentioned whether Nassau Council had uh, touched up on this. I think the answer is yes. I think our whole mission, our whole goal and focus is Main Street business. We even go we even take go down to Albany every February March, um, along with um, a Long Island coalition to make a point that. Um, the, gov- the legislation needs to work with us on sales tax, on internet sales tax, and I think it is slowly um, changing. That conversation is changing because they realize that online real- retailers are affecting Main Street business. Our whole thing is shop local, and that's all we, um, and I'm sure Francesca had mentioned it when she was here as well, that, uh, you know, I think the slogan is what, before you, um, before you, Click and try, give shop local a try or something. I think I messed it up. She I'm had sorry. a bunch of uh, those little, little catchphrases yeah, catch for us yeah. when she was here last month. <laughs> so um, our, our focus is that. And um, I think that just going back to full circle, um, the residences of every town should support their local businesses because, honestly, that's where if you're going for any sort of um, raffle or, or support for your uh, charity or your event or school event, where are you going to? You're going to your local businesses. And for the most part, they're really not going to say no because they want to support the schools and the, the events that are happening in their community that they are residing in or have a business in there. So the, the real thing is that support your local business. Um, you know, make it thrive because it in, in turn does affect your quality of life. What I find interesting is that, for example, people in my town, Massapequa, and Massapequa was a very healthy uh, retail uh, community. But I do hear people complain sometimes, and they say things like, oh, what happened to that cute little shop on Merrick Road? That was the kid. People don't really equate how they spend their money with the um, – success of their downtown. If you want to have cute little shops and great restaurants um, and a walkable community, well, then you need to spend your money locally. It's very easy to leave town, especially on Long Island where one town runs into the next, into the next. But if we can really drive home the point of, you know, really thinking about where you're going to spend your money, um, well, then Maybe you won't have those vacancies. But I hear people go, oh, it was the cutest little place, but it went out of business. Mm-hmm. Well, did you ever go there? Well, not really. Okay. Well, I guess enough people, you know, if it's a restaurant, that's one thing. Maybe it wasn't the best food. But I hear a lot about little shops. There was this woman up on Park Boulevard in Massapequa who had just the cutest little gift shop. And um, she went out. And I just, a couple of my neighbors like, I can't believe that little shop went out. And me being who I am, I had to say, well, did you ever go there? Well, I don't get a chance to get up there much. Well, there's your answer. Okay. You know. So, um, I w- Stephanie, I wanted to get back to you. We touched on this uh, in between segments, but um, you are one of the few chambers that has a co-president. Yes. And uh, uh-huh. I know how demanding that role is. Femi is quickly learning how demanding that role <laughs> is, but I've met with and work with many, many chamber presidents. I have the utmost respect because it is a, it's a thankless job. It doesn't pay any money. Um, You can't really look at any cash register receipts to show your progress. I guess you can look at membership. Um, But uh, how has it worked out for you being a a co-president as opposed to having to run it yourself? So it's been fabulous. This is my second term as a co-president. And you started out as a co-president. You I started out as a co-president. And has that been the, what's the word I'm looking for, the format for the chamber all along to have two 
no, president? No, we were actually the first time that they did it was when I started two years ago. And it's been wonderful because, like you say, it really is a big job. There's a lot of time commitment. What you see, and I think every chamber will say this, there's the same few people who do everything. And obviously, the president is high up on that list of people who do everything. So all of us are doing this volunteer position, but also trying to run their business full time. It's a lot. So to have somebody that you can partner with to divide and conquer and utilize each other's strengths where they fall to help the chamber as a whole, I think is just a wonderful thing. So it's been a very positive experience for me. The bad news is for those of you at home, Femi just walked out of the room. So, <laughs> you know. I'm looking for a co-president. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. If you're in Merrick and you like to be a co-president. Um, the remaining uh, time that we have here, I just want to spend it um, talking about each of, of your towns uh, a little bit more and sharing some of the plans, you know, an opportunity for you to promote your community, uh, some of the plans and ideas, things that you have that are on the plate for 2019. Um, Stephanie, I'll start with you. This is your third year. Um, I'm sure every year you sit down and think about, okay, what do we want to accomplish this year? I'm sure, first of all, you have a regularly scheduled uh, list of events that you run every year. Yes. Correct. Um, tell me some of the highlights of the things you do during the year. Um, one of our biggest events is we do a poster contest uh, for the holidays, and we come up with a theme that really encompasses just the holiday spirit. And we put it out to all the kindergartners through eighth grade. And we get such a great response from the kids. They're so creative. And it, it's not limited. It's just whatever your imagination is in a poster. But you have to have the, something about the town in it and keep to the theme. And the winners are announced during the tree lighting that we held at the gazebo on Plando Road. And it's a great, really fun event because you've got the tree lighting, Santa comes, nice. but we also involve the community because the winners for each grade are come up and recognize and they receive a you know, presents from the chamber for participating and winning. So that's probably, I love, the most fun event because it involves the kids. And, and that just passed, so you have 12 months to wait for it to happen again. <laughs> to wait for it to happen. What about, do you do an annual street fair or a business expo or anything like Unfortunately, that? Unfortunately, because of how it is, um, we can't close Plandom Road. We can't close Northern Boulevards. We can't actually transact business in the Mary Jane Green Park across uh, by the railroad station. So unfortunately, we don't have the ability to do a street fair, um, which is unfortunate, but that's just the nature of our location. Um, we would love to, <laughs> but it's, it is difficult. Um, so we don't do anything like that. Any goals for this year? Um, our biggest goal, like I said before, is definitely membership and education about the chamber and about the Shop Small um, initiative. Like Femi said, I mean, everybody, we've been asking all of our town officials on every communication you have to the general public, start educating them on the Shop Small, how every dollar they spent, there's such a high percentage that goes into your community yes. for your firemen, your policemen, your hospitals, all your schools, that it really does make a difference in your community. So I think education would probably want to be one of our biggest goals both from the chamber and from the shop small perspective. Can we put a number on membership? What would you like to get it to? I'd like every single person with a one one zero three zero business <laughs> Hold on, address. I think I have the total number of business registered to Manhattan <laughs> to be there. Um, so I don't have a number. I want that number to keep going until every single person, even if they're just running a business out of their basement, I want you to be a part of the chamber. Great. 
And Femi, you've just taken over as president. Again, congratulations, and I wish you a successful 2019. Is it a one-year, two-year, four-year, ten-year commitment? It's it's a two-year commitment. Two-year commitment. Some people offer me offer me congratulatory, but some people offer me condolences. condolences. <laughs> so no, I, I think it's that. a good thing. Yeah. And you seem like you're very well qualified to handle the position. You've certainly um, had some good practice roles as you've kind of worked into this presidency. Um, you mentioned some of the highlights of the year. What are your goals? You talked about membership, and I think everybody talks about membership. You also talked about communication, which I think is a really good one, too. Right. I also want to increase our social media presence. So I really want to get more dialogue with all the members. So what we're planning on doing is doing kind of, um, you know how they have the throwback Thursday? I want to do like uh, Marketing Monday or have, um, you know, highlight a professional of the week um, and then ask other members who are also on the page because we have about maybe a thousand people following our Merrick uh, Facebook page right now. They also can nominate who would you like to highlight next week, which business or which profession would you like to, to highlight and and boost and use the boosting features of Facebook as well. So I think that and that might also attract the younger business owners that you had mentioned previously. Um, Another thing we also wanted to uh, start this year is we're going to try to do a fundraiser, uh, maybe do it with the local comedy club uh, in uh, one of the towns. I think there's several comedy clubs nearby, yeah, nearby, uh, and uh, do some sort of fundraiser for that because we do actually sponsor quite a bit of things. Um, Halloween, Santa's holiday, that's all gets sponsored by the chamber. Uh, it doesn't get sponsored by anyone else. We do have some so- sponsors, but I would say 90% of those expenses come from the from the uh, chamber itself. The other main expense that we have is actually our snowflakes. And sure. people sometimes, and that's really what people don't know, that the chamber actually uh, pays for that. Sometimes they feel our, their tax dollars are being paid for, but it's actually the chamber that pays for those snowflakes and tries to make your uh, downtown look more festive uh, and more attractive towards uh, customers and consumers and just the residences. Just to be clear, you're talking about the snowflakes that get mounted on the poles during Correct. the holiday? Yeah. Yeah, they're beautiful. Yeah. They really are. Yeah, they make, they make everything. It's, it's, it's a beautiful time of year, so it, it uh, is something that the Chamber is very proud of sponsoring. Okay. Congratulations to both of you and a uh, successful and happy 2019. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you very much for being uh, with me today. My two guests... Stephanie Solomon, co-president of the Manhasset Chamber of Commerce, and Femi Aziz, president of the Merrick Chamber of Commerce. Thanks again. You've been listening to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM, WCWP, and WCWP.org. You can also listen to this program as a podcast by visiting WCWP.org forward slash Chamber Chatter. Chamber Chatter is underwritten by MapTunes, Long Island Chamber Maps. My name is Mark Snyder. Thank you for listening. Coming up next, Project Independence and You.